Welcome homeowners, home buyers, landlords, and tenants alike, people who just want to be better at living in a home. You're listening to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's real estate magazine for your ears. Join Madison Radio's Adam Elliott, real estate broker and landlord Ben Anton as they break down the modern-day barriers of home ownership. You'll laugh, you'll cry, and if you're not careful, you'll learn. Come on, baby, won't you hold me tighter than your fists curled up in a schoolyard fight? Thanks for waiting. That was the waiting song from Madison musician Seesaw. Welcome to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's real estate magazine for your ears. I'm Adam Elliott. And I'm Ben Anton. And Ben, we are in Season 2, Episode 6 of Real Estate the 608. Uh, good to see you again, sir. I'm glad you read past my typo. Six it is as we as we enter June and say happy summer. That's right. Real Estate in the 608 is a podcast that you're listening to, and we're glad you're here doing that. And we want to tell you that each episode, we try to recap what's real estate headlines of the day. Mm-hmm. We'll give you some good advice, like a top-of-the-hour tip, something easy that you can take home and do yourself this summer. We are surrounding ourselves with people smarter than we are. One of those people is uh, is Phil Plord, my partner in Deacon Housing, uh, and, and president of Blimling & Associates. He is uh, going to come on with a, a financial look beyond the 608. And throughout the show, we like to keep this local since it's in the 608. We're going to feature musicians. You'll hear in between us jibber jabbering about real estate. Well, I am, I should say, Adam Elliott. I'm a homeowner, a former news reporter in the Madison area as well. I have both teachers, dude. Well, yeah. That's both in the summer, though. The list, yeah. I'm, I'm on break, baby. You are you are now for the summer a, a distance learning technology student specialist. And and you'll be happy to know that we are we are doing our technology at a distance here. We are. Yes. Or at least at least a, a modest distance uh, between Adam and myself, but but also bringing our guest in uh, via phone. Yeah. And who are you, good sir? I'm Ben. I'm a landlord, a broker, associate at the Lower Realty Group. I am a, a fence builder. That that's that's sound, a new one, right? That's the new fence. Did you see it on the way in? I didn't see it, but okay, it's well, good to be a fence out. mender and not a fence what? Yeah, build, fence builder. That's like, <laughs> is that the opposite of community community bake, maker? Like the fence I built was a literal fence, not a metaphorical one. And it is in the backyard of Mona's house. And as we, as I am creating a backyard oasis, uh-huh, uh-huh. there's a, uh, there's a hammock stand back oh. there as well. Or like a, cause there's no trees. Mona was a wise woman. She got rid of all the trees. Um, but I had to put some posts in so the girls could hang in a hammock. Oh, it's not one of those freestanding. You added the posts. No, I, d- I made them dig some holes. And we put up some nice posts so that they could hammock in the backyard, in our in our backyard oasis. That sounds nice. So maybe someday I'll come over and hammock with you. I don't know. Well, I need to put it in another post. <laughs> please, Six feet from it. Please do. I put that request in right now. Ben, what's been going on since last time? Last month, we felt it obligatory to make at least like a coronavirus mention. Mm-hmm. We're, still, we're still in the middle of that. We're still doing this a little bit differently because of it. <laughs> uh, but... But this month, uh, in June, it is impossible to talk about what's going on mm-hmm. uh, without acknowledging uh, the death of another black man under the knee of a white police officer. Mm-hmm. Uh, rioting and property damage uh, resulting from it are, are real estate adjacent topics. So, so we will simply say his name, uh, George Floyd. Thank you for that. Um, to add on to this, keep learning, people. Keep learning about the problems that we have when it comes to race and ethnicity and the biases that we have. I would like to offer a good idea. Reach out to your colleagues, friends, neighbors who are people of color. Show them your support. All you need to do is just ask them, how are they doing today? It's a simple gesture, and it can make a difference. And it, it starts the conversation. It can be eye-opening. I, 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 I have had my eyes opened even further. Mm-hmm. Um, and and there's I'm sure there's room to grow, uh, but if we all commit to that growing, uh, we'll be we'll be closer. That's how we keep going. Keep taking action. On a far lighter note, and and with a nod again to COVID, uh, this last week I picked up the remaining 18 pounds of bacon that I won at the Penny Library Branch Gala earlier this year. He said, you may remember. It wasn't sitting at the Penny Library, was it? No, I had, no. I went, you know, uh, there was a silent auction at the gala, and, and I won a year's supply of bacon. So I just felt like 
There was uh, there was a lot of people and a lot of good corporate citizens that made for a great fundraiser and a fun event. But my freezer is full because Jones Dairy Farm in the uh, in, in the often mentioned Fort Atkinson, There's Fort Atkinson, right? Yeah, yeah. Jones Dairy Farm uh, donated a year supply of bacon to that auction, and and I won. So we picked that up. It was uh, it was a curbside curbside pickup of eighteen pounds of bacon. The humor here is that Phil Plord. Knowing I had an interest in the bacon, was bidding on the bacon as well. Oh, okay. And it wasn't until, I don't know, like $100 later that we were like, dude, I'm bidding on the bacon. <laughs> He's like, no, I was bidding on the bacon for you. Oh, boy. So, <laughs> all right. It's uh, still, still, prob- still a great less than retail value. Like, I think we got, you know, a year, a year yeah. supply of bacon. That would, that, would run, that would run up. You take all that bacon, use it 18 pounds, stack it up on top of each other. How high does that go up? Is that a foot? Two, not three high. feet? It's like it's like two feet. It's only two but. feet. Okay. <laughs> two feet of bacon. Two feet worth of bacon. But uh, but so thanks to Jones. I wanted to ma- I wanted to mention them because that was such uh, so kind of them and it was it was for something that we had uh, we had uh, promoted ourselves and uh, so good for good on you. And then uh, I also want to make a shout out to Katie Kane who uh, reached out via Facebook. And had a question. Her no. question was about locksmiths. She has a three unit. And she oh. said, "I want to have the same keys." This guy said they can't do it. What am I facing? Who can help me out? She wants three keys of the same lock. No, no, she's got three unit. Three, like oh, a three unit apartment. Okay. She wants to. She wants to have a master key. Oh, gotcha. Okay. So yeah, and that's not a doable thing. It is a doable thing. Okay. And, Somebody and just I'm hoping that, that with a little bit of information that that I gave her and the, and some and some context that she's well on her way to a master key setup. But uh, just a reminder that that you can ask us questions. Mm-hmm. In between episodes, uh, via Facebook, via email, it uh, I will first answer the question as best I can. If we can. But uh, but it also may steer or help steer programming. Because the other problem is, is that there's this, have I mentioned the Pluto network? Have we talked about that? I, I don't know. Is, right, is well, people upset that it's not a planet anymore? No, I'm not sure, but it's new to me. <laughs> okay. Uh, Jim Krell commented on this. He's a film guy. And uh, and I found it. You can watch this old house all the time. Mm-hmm. I haven't run out of episodes quite yet, but I'm, I'm getting there. Sadly, there's like ten or fifteen topics that they keep they keep pounding on. So we're going to need your feedback so that we can go beyond those ten to fifteen topics. Right. right. Yeah. Because I can only put pavers in so many damn times. <laughs> right. And talk about the shrubs in your backyard. <laughs> I'm ar- I'm already starting to say the hardware star. <laughs> They are Bostonians. Uh, all right. So did we talk about what's on Pluto? What Pluto was? The Pluto Network? The Pluto Network is a Is this a television free... network is what you're saying? Yeah, well, is it a TV network? I don't know. It's on It's on the... It's an internet... It's an... In, okay. Internet television option. It is free, commercial-based. And they only show this this old house? And the, no, they have... They have Ask all, this old house followed have, by this old house. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> um, they also... But, like, they also have... Um, all kinds of other things that are on all the damn time. All right, that's what's been going on since last time. Uh, let's talk about from the headlines. From the headlines. So there's there's the rioting, and there's, there's the peaceful protesting that happened as well. Too. Yeah, the peaceful protest protesting, but then also the virus, and that's, that's that's having a lot of effect on our on our summer and what happens here in Madison. So nothing nothing shines a light on our privilege here in Madison like. Like our summer festivals, sure. Um, it is our privilege to support a lot of very good organizations simply by drinking beer and listening to music. I mean, like at that, those festivals, right? Right. That you know, I am very involved in the in the summer festivals, and uh, I am very aware, or at least that's this is <laughs> how I this is, this is how I see it. It is it is our privilege, and the organizations tur- are turning our privilege. Into into aiding others, mm-hmm. into into help. They're turning that. They are machines that turn our privilege into money. The money is spent on those who need it more. Sure. Um, and you've been tracking these uh, festivals with a website, right? Yes, and yeah. that's in fact what I was going to mention. Um, another one was recently called Atwood Fest. That's my favorite. That's mm-hmm. that's, that's my baby. That's your one. Yeah, that was your um, neighborhood before, right? Well, it, it's, it's, it's mostly it's yeah. mostly still my neighborhood. Yeah, but yeah, that's the one that I was involved in uh, in kind of. Rein, reinviving or I don't want to say saving, but five years ago it was going to stop and promoting, I, yeah, and uh, keep and it some going. Friend, some friends and neighbors and I, we we made it, we made it 
happen again. And mm-hmm. since then, it's, it's become its own beast. But not this year. Um, but you can visit eastsidefestivals.com. Uh, and that is a great way to see what is happening. Uh, there's still a few late summer ones that are either being rescheduled or adjusted. Yeah. Uh, but As of the, right now, Summerfest got canceled too. And they yeah. were going to push that back to September. September. So, so like... As yeah. it is, there might be some late summer stuff. Or, but anyway, keep an eye there. It'll tell you what's happening. Uh, but it will also remind you of all the different organizations that put those festivals on, the very people who are going to go without this year as it relates to those fundraising dollars. Mm-hmm. Uh, so ways to help, who to help and how to help uh, are there at eastsidefestivals.com. Yeah, thanks for putting that together. So what was the lowest uh, home sale? Did we lowest home sale? It would figure in May, which I think is like the busiest time of the year, right. that the low home sale isn't that low. Right. $110,000. Okay. Sun Prairie. That seems pretty low. Oh, well, it's pretty low. Yeah. But I mean, we, we've had a couple 50s and 60s. Yeah, and, that's I right. Mean, the, but, the, and this the place, ones where squirrels were living in. Yeah. <laughs> Hello. May we live here instead yeah. of you. Um, Jones Street, that's kind of downtown. Mm-hmm. Like in, yeah. in in old Sun Prairie, but one hundred and ten thousand dollars for a hundred twenty year old farmhouse is big though mm-hmm. eighteen hundred square feet. That's that's that's, that's pretty big. That's pretty big. Yeah, uh, three bedroom, two bath. It's a nice size. Yeah, a home not unlike something in the in the near east side or near west side that that would have been turned into a two unit at some time mm-hmm. because it was big enough to be that way, um, but kind of begging to be a single family home again. Needed a little bit of everything, but it was there, and it was on a third acre. So that's that's almost like three city lots. Mm-hmm. That's a that's Pretty a big. nice that's a nice bit of grass. So the highest, no big surprise there, Maple Bluff. Mm-hmm. Two two in Maple Bluff actually over two million. You know, in the in the five thousand to eight thousand square foot range. Uh, so a little bigger than our place enormous. in Sun Prairie. Um, six bed, seven bath. Five bed, six bath, and I, and this this made me realize, hey, you can tell you've made it when you have more bathrooms than bedrooms, <laughs> right? Because like Jeez. Mona's house, three bed, one bath. You, you almost want to tell those folks to contact their doctor if they need more bathrooms, <laughs> bedrooms, so, too, just in case. So the two point seven million was after about six months on the market, but the interesting there, thing there was is that they had paid. One point two million in twenty fifteen. So in five years, mm-hmm. they almost doubled their money. But looking at the pictures, they it's like they took a perfectly good house at one point two million. You can get a decent house for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they did everything over. But they likely recouped that investment. Uh, but they didn't get to live there for very long. And then the other the other one though started at the that came down to two point two two down to two point two million had started at three point five million. Had they started somewhere in the middle, they probably would have got it right away. But that's yeah. what happens when you overprice. I don't know what to tell you about Maple Bluff. I was out there and I had I was on a driveway that I swear was like a half mile long. I'm like I'm lost. Am I even going to this the right <laughs> place here? What's going on? <laughs> Where were you going? I have no Who idea. Who has a driveway that long? Who has it? That was my question that was going through my head. Who has a driveway You're lucky long? they didn't sick the guard dogs on you. Oh, boy. That's what's been going on from the headlines. Uh, our in-studio guest today is Brian Boyd with Boyd's Flooring. Yeah, Brian Boyd is one of the Boyd brothers. Maybe today we'll find out which brother he is. It's kind of fun to say, Boyd brothers, Boyd's Flooring. I came to know them as carpet guys. Okay. And uh, but have since seen them. Uh, they've shown me some of their other skills. All right, I got questions, but hopefully he'll have answers. Yeah, let's break for the top of the hour tip, and after that, an update on the house that Rhonda bought. Hi, this is Liz Lauer, founder of the Lauer Realty Group. I take pride in having highly educated realtors who are passionate about their clients' pursuits. That passion translates into buying the right home, condo, or investment property, or when selling those same properties for clients, creating a highly stylized marketing plan that yields the best results. The core of the success comes from continually educating ourselves, our clients, and staying focused on key topics and strategies that will help us advocate for them like no other firm. Real estate in the 608 is a window into our world that gives our listener market updates, current lending trends, 
home maintenance tips, remodeling help, and so much more. When you need our services, give us a call. Till then, sit back and enjoy and learn. You're listening to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's real estate magazine for your ears. In with today's top of the hour tip is Lindsay Cooper. Hi, Ben. So in the very first episode of this podcast, we heard from Jeff Pulley, the plumber, talk about the ease of doing it yourself, even when it comes to seemingly difficult tasks such as plumbing. So as a buyer's agent, I spend a lot of time making sure my clients don't overpay. I feel strongly that this mindset should also continue well into your homeownership. Doing things yourself is one of the easiest ways to make sure you don't overpay even after the sale. This stay-at-home order that we've been under has left me with time to both realize and address all sorts of in-home projects. YouTube has been a great resource for me. I've been boosting my comfort level. I've been becoming more confident in my abilities. I've replaced lighting fixtures, changed out dimmer switches, tackled some plumbing tasks, refinished my stairs, as well as I'm about to tackle a bathroom tile floor. Wish me luck on that one. Um, I'm just going to say, if you ever get it over your head, reach out to your realtor. They might just have the answers. Thank you, Lindsay, for the top of the hour tip. Why don't you send us a picture of that bathroom floor when you're all done? Before and after. You got it. (sighs) Thank you, Lindsay. (laughs) Bye, Ben. You're listening to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's Real Estate Magazine for your ears. My name is Adam Elliott. He has been Anton and Ben. We're going to talk about the house that Rhonda bought. The house that Rhonda bought has has been like a roller coaster ride. First, it was the house that Rhonda bought. Then it was going to be the house that Rhonda was going to tear down. Then it was going to be the house that Rhonda was going to build. Then it was all of a sudden the house that Rhonda put for sale. This is the same space, the same place we've been talking about in Lansing on the same, east side of Madison, yes, right? Fifty Lansing, so, fifty Lansing, just so off Milwaukee Street. She says, "I want to reevaluate. Mm-hmm. I want to look at some new ideas." And in the meantime, we're going to put a sign in the yard. And if anybody wants to pay me what I bought it for, let them. Right? Mm-hmm. We've learned, you know, the the costs thus far can be the costs of of learning and the lessons. So she had uh, plans built for or plans drawn for a very nice. Uh, three bedroom, two bath, still, still like affordable regular people house with fewer mm-hmm. fewer bathrooms and bedrooms. But it was going to cost about three hundred forty thousand dollars. Like that was going to be the all in. And if you needed a house over there that was brand new and had three beds, two bath, and attached garage, that's not a bad price to pay for it. That's all right. Okay. But by the time you build it, then you got two choices: you're either going to either going to sell it mm-hmm. or you're going to rent it. Right. Mm-hmm. So the thing is, is if you build it for three forty, that that's like at the top end of it's, it's very near the top end of that Eastmoreland neighborhood. Right. But you got to make some money on it. Like you got to you got one. You got to pay your exorbitant realtor commissions. Mm-hmm. So you, by the time you add another six percent on the top of that, extend your holding costs through the sale. You know, it started to get a little bit less attractive. The problem was you were the cut was getting small. Right. Yeah. And that and that was not to make money. That was to that was to like that was a lot of work. To make not much money, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so then she says, "Well, that is that's like a really nice house, and that's why it's so expensive. What about if we just did something real simple? Mm-hmm. Uh, so if I don't sell it by the end of the month ish, um, she is going to move forward with plans for a far smaller and simpler home, not unlike." The slab homes that that neighborhood is almost famous for. Mm-hmm. So she's looking at plans for an 860 square foot. All right. About half as big. Two single story ranch, uh, two bedroom with an attached garage. Uh, and thinks that she can get to that number for like 180. No. Okay. So and she's then, getting creative with right. it here. So getting a little bit creative. And uh, and that number, then you buy a house, you know, even if you just bought a house for $180,000, if it was brand new and decent and could easily rent for thirteen, fourteen, dollars $1,500 a month, well, then you're starting to see a pretty good return on that investment. So mm-hmm. either sell it and let someone else decide what they want to do it, want to do, uh, or give up selling it and say, let's do this smaller, simpler home, mm-hmm. uh, which will require far less investment, and will have nearly a similar return. Mm-hmm. It seems like 
we could have done a statistical regression analysis on this to find like what's the point where's the scale where is it going to be the right time or the right space the right size the right amount to spend on that well you could have i was never <laughs> strong in math <laughs> Maybe Evelyn would help us. There you go. Get she's, the kids to do she's that. She's really good at math. Oh. I don't know. She gets it from her mother. That was not from me. I always got to remember, slab homes mean it's like there's a concrete slab, and right. then they build the homes up on top of that. No basement, No basement. Right. And there's a lot of them that are slightly smaller than that 860. A lot of those little uh, two bedrooms in that neighborhood are 720 square feet mm-hmm. slab homes, and, and they... Geez, they used to be really cheap, but even now those homes are knocking on two hundred thousand dollars. Wow! All right, yeah. For no ba- and and no basement is not a great resale thing. So I, yeah. when I'm buying with people, we generally stay away from those, knowing that if there's ten houses to choose from and yours doesn't have a basement, you better offer a discount. Mm-hmm. Good to know. Good to know. Well, that is the house that Rhonda bought. And we'll find out. Like, sounds like the story will continue, but we will move on to our guest, our in studio guest today. Brian Boyd of Boyd's Flooring. He's with the company's called the Boyd Brothers. Or there's no, just more they than are one of brothers. Them. There's they, two of them. Okay, there's two of them. They call themselves Boyd Flooring. Right. But I, are, I call them the Boyd Brothers. You call them the Boyd Brothers. <laughs> All right, when well, we will talk to them momentarily. So we know, Brian, that you have a brother named Brett, that you are the Boyd Brothers, but also that you are Boyd Flooring. Yep. But one thing we have to do is find out. What do we have to find out, Adam? We got to find out if they're fun. Well, we Brian's to, fun at least. We, we don't know about Brian. Yeah, Brett. <laughs> the jury's still out on him. We need to find you. Find oh. out if you are fun. And the way we find out if you are fun is by playing a get to know you quiz. We call the way it used to be. There used to be. There used to be. There used to be. There used to be. Used to be nothing but smiling faces far as the eye could see. Car in every driveway, swinging every tree. People can't stop talking about the way things used to be. The way it used to be is a get-to-know-you game, a quiz game, a Madison history and environs game. Are you ready, Brian? Yes. All right. In what you told me just a little bit about your upbringing and, and where that was, and, and some of these questions may have to do with your your neighborhood. Are you ready? All right. All right. In what year were the concrete monuments at the entrance to the Arbor Hills neighborhood, followed in two years by the first parade homes built there, originally laid? So what year were those concrete monuments originally laid? Wow, that's a good one. I would say uh, early 70s. Hmm. Ooh. Close. No? I would have. Pro- I would have probably given you like if you were within a year or five, two. A year, only a one year. Okay. Wrong decade, That's, Brian. No. Wow. Na- 1956. If if people if people need a little picture in their mind and they haven't been to Arbor Hills, I'm asking you to think about the movie Back to the Future. Mm-hmm. Right. All oh, right. He, the Lion Estates yep. that had the lions. Right. So yeah. he takes. So he takes the car, and then he's in the middle of a cornfield. Uh-huh. But there's these big concrete monuments right. welcoming you to this newly developed homes of tomorrow kind of neighborhood. In keeping with that that theme, in what year did Marty McFly travel to the in the first Back to the Future movie when he left the 1984 mall parking lot by hitting 88 miles per hour <laughs> in a time traveling <laughs> DeLorean? So, what year did Marty McFly travel to? I wonder if it uh, might. I wonder if it might be awful near 1956 because that's what yeah, made me think say, of the yeah, question. In the 50s. Yeah, I was thinking of the cars that were in the movie. You want to go like late? <laughs> would you say like maybe late 50s, even number? Yeah, I'd say mid. Yeah, mid to late 50s. Sure. Yeah. All right. Nineteen ninety-eight. <laughs> there you go. But the uh, so no. Wait, wait. <laughs> I'm calling this out. November fifth, nineteen fifty-five is oh. when Marty flew back to the future. Well, I guess I, was, I guess I should have wrote that down. The movie was set in ni- <laughs> the movie was supposed to be nineteen eighty-five, even though it came out in eighty-four. They were giving it a year, right. and he went back thirty years. And then the second one, he went forward thirty years, and also went back thirty. years. See, Adam Adam does not mention at the beginning of the podcast when he lists his credentials. 
<laughs> he does not say right. movie geek. I used to be a movie reviewer. So. Okay. Yeah. So I okay. So I did not put that in the notes and I was guessing because I remembered it was damn close. So 1955, but I rang the bell out and so you got the point. You get there's you got, there we go. You got one more one more here. But the third question is not necessarily a Madison history and environs question. I'm perplexed by this because I don't know what's going on with this one. It is it is a bit of a carpet question. It is. Oh, okay. All right. And it is a pronunciation question. Oh, all right. Because I, I don't know what's correct. And the internet today told me that I am wrong. <laughs> okay. Well, so, let's yeah. get an expert in here. So is it, Brian, frise or frise? We pronounce it frise. Frise. That sounds like it's I'm right. I'm going to ring the bell for you because that's how I say it. But you know what the internet told me? Freeze? What? Freeze. 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 Yeah. Freeze carpet. Yeah, so you got to explain what wow. is freeze, freeze carpet, excuse me. It's like the it's like the modern version of shag. It's like social, oh, socially exactly. acceptable shag. Oh. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> socially acceptable shag. All right. It's got freeze. a little. That's exactly right. That's it's a great got, terminology, It's ben. twisted. It's got a little bit more twist. Okay. In the fibers. <laughs> like when I think of shag, it's like the longer carpet, right? Yes. It has a little bit more. I believe the word is pile. A little, oh, de- oh. A little yep. deeper pile. Okay. And the and the the fronds. Uh-huh. I see. I thought I thought there was a vegetable or some kind of like. <laughs> No, oh yeah, there's a, there's a, a lettuce type, uh, and isn't it I kind? Think, isn't it kind of like it's a green? It's a green, yeah. and doesn't it have kind of like tentacles? Not tentacles, but right. I thought that's where it was from. <laughs> I could not find anywhere on the internet that would say the carpeting has anything to do with the green. Yeah, I wouldn't imagine. Right. And then I saw these like these horses, like these these big black horses <laughs> that have the same name, and 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 Siri does not translate into Dutch. And that is where my search ended. So I'm going wow. to say I'm going to say frise, frise, sure. Uh, but let's know yep. that if you go to someone else, if, if today after today you buy carpeting and it is not from Brian or Brett, you will need to say f- freeze, I guess. Free. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. All right. So you you got we only rang the bell. Well, we rang the bell twice. So you're you're two thirds well, fun. A, yeah, that's a win. Yeah, two thirds fun. Take it. I like those odds. I want to learn a little bit about like your your first house. Yeah, I'm I'm living in it to this day. Well, there. Well, then that there goes my if you left why question. Yep, <laughs> must thirty have, years. Thirty must, years I've been out here. Oh, you are older than me. <laughs> yes. I want. I asked myself. <laughs> I wonder if those guys are older than me or not. Well, you're holding up well, Brian. If he were to time travel, just like in Back to the Future, 30, 30 years, years would have been the day he goes and bought his house. If you got in that DeLorean today. So so 30 years ago, you bought your first house. Where'd you buy it? Uh, just outside of Middleton in Ashton, Wisconsin. So a little bit out oh, in the sticks. Okay, yeah. What, 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 what yep. would have felt 30 years ago, that would have felt like the Very, sticks. yeah. What what about that area when you bought there attracted you to it? What what were your buying decisions at that time? At first, when I moved out here, I rented the house. It was just to get out of the city and uh, a good place to. Uh, you know, I was young, of course. It was out out. You know, it was an acre lot, and it just attracted me. Is out you know out in the country. Good place to invite the friends over, have a beer and a bonfire, something like that. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. I'm trying to think of a 20 year old Brian. Your father. And mother, I believe, maybe independently of one another. Now, are they are they both in the landlord business? Uh, yes, and my whole life I've been in some aspect. So when you bought your when you bought your first house from from your landlord, mm-hmm. how much longer was it until you started to get into being a landlord yourself? Bought my first uh, income property four years later. That's curious to me. The shared knowledge that's passed down sometimes if you have a family member who's in real estate versus somebody who's just like, mm, I think I'm going to hop into it. You either have to like learn that, that, that knowledge that's passed down from familial about how to do these things. Well, it's, it's, yeah. it's absolutely. We talked about, uh, about bias earlier. We, we, we made a mention of, of our political climate recently and privilege, but, but I my kids will be privileged to know so much more about wealth building and real estate than than an average kid. And Brian is fortunate oh, enough sure. to be in a place where he learned from his parents, and and it, you mm-hmm. know that's yep. that's what makes things easier uh, for for people that 
that had it easy. It gets even easier for people who already had it easy. Um, exactly. The uh, we're gonna I'm gonna we're gonna get to some uh, some cutting cutting carpeting questions. Oh. But first, we'll take a break for the market update. I got the blues cause my baby left me by the San Francisco Bay. Hi, this is Liz Lauer, founder of the Lauer Realty Group. I take pride in having highly educated realtors who are passionate about their clients' pursuits. That passion translates into buying the right home, condo, or investment property, or when selling those same properties for clients, creating a highly stylized marketing plan that yields the best results. The core of the success comes from continually educating ourselves, our clients, and staying focused on key topics and strategies that will help us advocate for them like no other firm. Real Estate in the 608 is a window into our world that gives our listener market updates, current lending trends, home maintenance tips, remodeling help, and so much more. When you need our services, give us a call. Till then, sit back and enjoy and learn. You're listening to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's real estate magazine for your ears. In with today's market update is Liz Lauer. Now, Liz, it took it took all of the week and a very early morning appointment to get into your schedule. So does that tell us anything about what's happening in the market right now? Well, Ben, uh, thanks for having me. Like always, uh, the market is in the Madison area is off the shelf. At our firm, it's been a busy time trying to get properties to market, but also our buyers are still struggling to get uh, homes under contract as they are facing multiple offers. But hopefully we're seeing kind of our April market that we missed because of COVID kind of come to light and maybe more opportunities in June, July than we've had in previous years. Do you think people that hold the course or that are, that remain steadfast and push the tail end of the summer market might find themselves in an advantage? I do. I tracked a lot of the you know market updates and, and just looking at our current MLS and what's active in the market. If you're just looking in Madison, I think I reported last month there were 340 active listings in homes uh, East and West Madison. So that number as it stands today is 278. We have gotten a lot more buyers entering the market. People are ready to come back out and, and wear masks and go see homes. And that inventory is very low. You know, in terms of getting your home on the market, I do think June, July, possibly August, September, you know, the whole fall market could be very rewarding as well. Thank you for your time this morning and have a great day. All right. You too, Ben. You're listening to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's real estate magazine for your ears. Uh, across the table from me is Ben Antone, safe social distancing distance away. Uh, my name is Adam Elliott, and also uh, being safe on the phone with us is Brian Boyd of Boyd Flooring. Uh, Brian, once again, thank you for joining us today. Um, Absolutely. Has flooring and carpentry always been your trade? Yes. I mean, I, how do you get there? It started as a high school job. Mm -hmm. A summer job in, through high school. Called my boss up that I worked for for the multiple summers and see if he had a job in history. We did, uh, he was a big outfit here in Madison, and uh, we pretty much touched almost every hotel in Madison at one time in the mid-late uh, 80s. And uh, once, uh, like you said, once I defined my skills, uh, we went. I went on my own, started my own business in 1990. Has the, the use of carpeting, is that on like a downward trend? Is that an upward trend? There's definitely definitely more flooring options out there nowadays, and I know the seems like the younger crowd certainly likes the hard surface. They do. So part of my question was, is like the commercial use seems to still be there though, because every time, like the last hotels, which have been a while now that I've been into, like it's carpeted and it looks nice. Absolutely. But yeah, that, is that carpet? That's di that's different carpet though, right? Commercial carpeting is not like what I get put in my house. Exactly, because you it's it's probably glued down, right? No, most of them, I'd say, uh, at least all the ones we used to do, they were definitely stretched in. Huh? It mm -hmm. has over that... like a over like a, a hair pad, you know, because that would wear better, or even a rubber pad if they really wanted to step it up. Because because uh, carpet tile has kind of become mm -hmm. a, a, a popular thing in like airports and high traffic areas and other commercial spaces that have that have uh, carpeting versus uh, 
plank or vinyl or things like Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Yeah. And you'll see them in banks and everywhere now. For one, the biggest thing, you can fix it so easy. I made a note here like, like you're my carpet guys, but like what, what part of your business is carpet versus other stuff? Our business, we still run probably, I'd say 75 to 80% carpet. Okay, mm-hmm. so you so so the carpet so you can be my carpet guy the, the carpet yep, guys absolutely the carpet guys who also do other things here's, you know, here's there's not many I mean we do do in the flooring trades we do do everything which is kind of rare nowadays you know we can do we can install you know hardwood can do the the vinyls we can do the LVTs and the, and the planks and so forth so that so luxury vinyl plate you were just at Allison's house this last week weren't you. Yeah, we just finished it yesterday, actually. Fantastic. Allison's house in Middleton, her father's house, is coming for sale. And it has it has luxury vinyl plate. Did she go with something gray? She did. In the, kitch- yep. in the kitchen and kitchen the Kitchen, hallway, bathroom. Kitchen, hallway, bathroom. It's kind of one of those standard 19, late 70s, early 80s homes where you come in and you've got a coat closet, half bath, and then the kitchen mm-hmm. and dining room mm-hmm. at the end of that central hall. But it's got, it's got and the new carpeting, right? Yep, nice gray carpeting throughout. Not with, is it a freeze? Is it a free, freeze? Frise. <laughs> it, it we is a freeze. <laughs> so, so if anybody wants to get a really good look at a at a frise, we'll have a new listing yep. coming up on Companion Lane in Middleton next week. You can zoom in on those three D dollhouse photos to see what that looks like. You're listening to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's Real Estate Magazine for your ears. My name is Adam Elliott. He's been Anton. Our in-studio guest today is Brian Boyd with Boyd's Flooring. When you put the new carpet down today, is it built to last? Absolutely. Yeah, it's uh, it's come a long ways. And, of course, it all depends on your quality that you pick out. What are the different you know, qualities I mean, that you might choose? We just go basically with your price range. We always ask what your price range is, what you're looking for out of the carpet and so forth, you know, because the, the range of carpet is endless, you know, and that's and that same, with, same with your price. And when I, first, know, so. when I first met Brian and Brett, whom I'm starting to be able to identify as individuals, um, <laughs> It was because I needed apartment carpeting. Okay. What do you mean by apartment carpeting then? <clears throat> that means the cheap stuff. The cheap stuff. Okay. The cheap, but, al- <laughs> but, also, the, but also something that, that uh, I believe, and these, I believe these are either Brian or Brett's words, but it's 100% nylon, wears like iron. But uh, The so, nylons, we, they've gotten away from the nylons because it's too expensive nowadays. So you have a lot of synthetics now in the carpets. Is and that the synthetics a long ways? Is that the variance? Polyesters. Oh yeah, yeah. Is that the variance in price then? The difference between like a cheap and a and a more expensive one is the type of material a carpet's made of. Abs- absolutely, yep. But also, but yep. also, I think like the density. Uh huh. There's right. another Back to the Future reference for you. <laughs> You're my you density. Are my, you are my density. It's <laughs> a good George McFly yeah, quote. Yes. <laughs> but because uh, I got because because um, you can get. Oh, the uh, I've had Frise and a couple in mm-hmm. Hetty's Hetty's apartment on Livingston. Hey, Hetty, um, she's got a Frise that's where it's wearing pretty well. It's 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 second tenant and several years in. Um, unfortunately, like your good people, they stay and like you want them to have the new carpet, but it'll probably be the next sure. guy. Um, but you can get that same exact color, that same exact style in a more expensive carpeting that will feel better under your feet. Oh, okay. Exactly. Yep. And that's so when I went with the grayish, you remember, oh, at, uh, in the last 608 Studios on uh, on Jackson Street, that was a frise. Oh, and it was like a, okay. It the, was like a grayish. I gotcha. Well, speaking about touch quality of the feet and another 80s movie reference of Die Hard of like rubbing the feet into the carpet, is, is that a fact? Is that feeling? Is that a variance in like price or quality of carpet as well, too? The softer yes. is the better, the harder is the better. Density. Yes. <laughs> yeah, the density has been called it. The de- you know, and the soft, the, the soft, the soft fibers have really come a long ways too recently. You know, that the carpet is really soft to the touch compared to years ago, you know, when you felt carpet. You know, the, the softness has come so far in the last 10 years. It is. And is that like a, a material thing or is that like the density, which I think you're just <laughs> meaning like how tightly packed yeah. the, the fibers are woven in there, right? Yeah. That's exactly right. Yeah. Okay. I've, yep. I've, I've been told, I don't know if it was you or if I heard it somewhere else, but you kind of, you might have uh, teased it a little bit talking about um, 
the different kinds of pads that they use in a hotel. You talked about a hair pad, um, which I think I can picture. I, I w- it's not made of hair, is it? No, it, I think it is. It is made of hair. <laughs> is it made of hair? Uh, nowadays, it's synthetic. Okay, so <laughs> not anymore. Right. <laughs> it was probably like horse years ago. I'm sure horse hair. You know, years ago they used to make. I know we also years ago we used to call it horse hair pad. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever that whatever that reference came to. Is this the main event? Will your carpet last longer on a better pad? Yes, if you put a better more there again, your density. So your your, your favorite word today. So if I put if I put like a middle grade carpet, but I but I don't I don't chintz on my padding. I'll get more life out of the carpet and probably enjoy it more. And I'm doing air quotes, enjoy it more um, in the ways that carpeting can be enjoyed. If I yes. if I have a better pad. I yes, that's I definitely agree with that. I tell all my customers that. And how why why is that? Is that because the pad uh, takes some of the impact of walking? on it off of the carpet so there's like less damage to the carpet as you walk on it exactly the density of your of the the weight of the pad <laughs> all right we're going to turn this into the Is game that... anytime somebody says density we have to scream now <laughs> peewee's playhouse word of the day density um yep. you, I, we talk about all the all the different choices all the different colors of the rainbow I've I've been to your shop on uh, on Femrite and uh, but you are not the you are not like the typical like retail flooring store. What are you then? Is there a name for what you are and the way you do it? Or if not, tell us what it is and we'll think of a name. I mean, years ago when I first started, when I went on my own and I you know we we started selling carpet, the plug was shop at home. It was relatively early, you know, thirty years ago. But that became so widespread over the years that we just kind of, you know, stayed away, you know, shied away from it because everyone was doing it, you know, and we're just a small outfit. We don't offer retail hours, you know, it's just wholesale and appointments only at our showroom, you know. So nowadays we just, you know, if a customer calls, you know, we ask them, you know, we usually ask them what they're looking for and we'll, you know, give them a, you know, we don't offer a huge showroom when you walk into a showroom anywhere in town. You know, you get overwhelmed with all the thousands of colors and styles and everything. We ask them what they're looking for, and we try to help them out. And if they're interested, they can certainly set up a time to come out to the to the showroom. Otherwise, we you know grab gather up a bunch of samples and go out to their home. Let's use let's use Allison as an example. I said call the Boyd brothers. She probably said Ben mentioned these few things. Did you just take her a couple samples and say? This is what we got. Exactly. We, you know, for one, I we didn't realize she was a, a repeat customer. You know, so that helped. She, we, you know, I talked on the phone with her and asked her what she was you know, the purpose of the why we, you know why she was replacing it. She told me she's selling the house. So right there, you know, you want something nice but not too expensive. Mm-hmm. You know, because mm-hmm. you're trying to, you're, you know, she's trying to dress the house up to make it look good. Yeah, you know, and, so that's and the carpeting that was there was was past its prime. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, she had she had a couple of rooms were original forty year old carpet. Mm-hmm. Oh, is carpet supposed to last that long? Well, I don't know if it's supposed to, but <laughs> they, that did. At that point, like there's enough. <laughs> if, you, <work. laughs> if you call it that. Has anyone ever tried to make that a, a DIY? Anyone ever said, this is a product? Has anyone ever said, install your own carpeting? It's easy. Nah, yeah, I mean, if you have a 12 by 12 room or a 10 by 10 room, sure. But, you know, carpet comes, you know, 12 feet wide. So if you have anything wider than 12 feet, you know, then you're talking a seam. And then that's a whole other can of worms. Yes, exactly. So in our last episode, we were talking to electrician. And, you know, I had noted, like, there's there's a magic that an electrician can do. And that's know, like, how to not completely open up a wall. And I think there's a, a similar story with, like, carpet. People who put carpet down is that, like, there is a magic to doing that right. And if you do it wrong, it's very obvious that you've well, but also, not yeah. done it right. <laughs> and a magic to... Yes. that creates an efficiency. Yeah. Uh, knowing that, uh, I'll, I'll use an example that maybe doesn't make 
complete sense, but like knowing that this little corner here that is missing in this room is the perfect size for the for the closet yeah, in yeah. another room, and this long hallway is three and a half feet wide, but this room over here is only eight, and if we turn it this way and that way, I mean, it's like a lot, it's like, it's my kind of geometry, like the kind of geometry that you don't need to do the numbers for. Yep. Um, yeah. But And I don't mean to joke here, Brian, that like you, you cast a magic trick. I'm sure this comes from like skills and understanding and years of doing the work, right? <laughs> oh, definitely. But also lots of neat little tools because I, I, yes. have, I have laid vinyl plank flooring or vinyl mm-hmm. tile. Mm-hmm. But, the, but yep. the, these guys did the vinyl plank in my in Lola's room upstairs. I had a asbestos tile floor, oh, and instead yeah. of pulling it up, I had them put down what the very trendy whitewashed oak vinyl plank, and and I've done I've done that like, and I had a million other things to do, and I was happy to pay them to do it. But they are also just there's all these little tricks and tools and ways to push the tile tight from the opposite side when they're up mm-hmm. against the wall. I mean that. Watching that happen is is it, well, it's not quite a ballet. That's the skill. Of, that's the skill of a good tradesperson. It's yeah. it's funny to think of you <laughs> and you and Brett as ballet dancers right. on a on a whitewashed oak floor. Although you could sell that as like a potential thing. It's like we can ballet or this maybe you can perform. <laughs> Adam and I are going to put together some commercials for yeah, you. Yeah, right. <laughs> I would recommend not hiring us for that. Purpose. We're going to be your advertising agency. So laminate floors was really popular for a while. Nobody's doing that anymore. Is that right? Not like much. The, like the we floating floating floors. That's not that's hardly exactly. a thing. Exactly. Those yeah, are because the LVTs you can get those for just as much and majority of them are waterproof now. Right. And the and one okay. of the big problems with laminate floors. Now you have some of that in your house, right, Adam? Yeah, the like the planks you put together, the, yeah. like the Lego pieces. And, the, and it, it can last a long time when there's no water. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. but you yes. have you have that stuff in a kitchen or a bathroom, and it's gonna just the littlest bit can flare it at the end. It's, it's, it's and it gets out a little out of and then it wears funny. But uh, yeah, so so luxury vinyl plank might be a next the next because that's good for pets. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You've got your Bella still. The right? the part that I hired somebody to put in looks great still. The stuff that I did is already starting to show its wear and tear, and it's only five six years. <laughs> So, like, there's a lesson to learn there. I walk around all day, all night. I walk around. What's the trickiest thing that you encounter in your work then? The angles, especially if you're doing a floating floor, an angle under, like, door jams and so forth. Trying to get it all, you know, you have two or three corners that you're trying to get to you know go in and you're underneath a door jam or underneath a, a cabinet of some sort you know i'm just trying to you know especially angles you know if it's a what do you do then how, how do you how do you fix those well i mean just time i mean just i mean you gotta just work with it you just gotta keep working it you know we always cut the door jam so the piece slides underneath it you know so when you're looking at it it hides it you know when you're when your door jam so it's you know you just kind of work with it and just keep playing with it until it looks good but it's uh, it. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been doing this a long time, and there's still some, you know, that always I learn on. That uh, that that door jam bit is how you can tell someone did their own laminate. Like absolutely. Like if you, that, I was in fact. That's um, the call out there. We just I just wrote an offer on a house. It was 20 years old, so it, it was t- just about time for some updating. And someone had put this brand new laminate floor up top, and they and they didn't use what's called a jam saw. Mm-hmm. And a jam saw allows you to cut back the door jam so that your new flooring can slide under it and you don't see the edge of your laminate. And it looks clean, right? It looks clean yeah. and it looks like a brand new install. And uh, and and they actually sell tools now because um, the jam saw is actually was like a hand saw and it's got a, it lays mm-hmm. real flat. It's, it's floppy and you lay it right on the ground. You can get a very super flush cut right to the floor. Okay. But they also make, and I, I'm moving my hand back and forth now as a gesture, uh, uh, left and right. It's like an oscillating saw. Oh, sure. Like yeah. a... Uh, Dremel. Fine. Fine. Fine yeah. tool. They actually had their, like, they, they were like the Kleenex of, of oscillating saws. But, uh, yes. but those are, those are ideal for that cut, but mm-hmm. not everybody has them. And it's the difference between a floor looking really good or a floor looking like you did it yourself. 
Absolutely. Yep. What's the what's the worst DIY job that you've walked into and you were just like, oh my gosh, we're gonna have to fix this. Oh, just I think what Ben said. It's all that's one that that bugs me the most are the door jams when you you know when you try when you see that you know and you're just like oh you know you you can tell the DIYer did it you know. There's no, yeah, there's there's nobody who knows what they're doing because it's just like it's one tool, but not everybody has it. And yeah. exactly, and I I don't. And I don't it, it makes a world of difference. My buddy, in fact, the fellow that designed our uh, our logo, the real estate and six hundred eight logo, um, is 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 pretty handy, and did a did a laminate floor in his um, second story, and and to address that issue because he didn't know the jam trick. He actually did quarter round all the sure, way around everything. That. So it, around a door jam, yep. around the door jam. Yep. So, <laughs> so it looks very finished, but it's, right. but it's but all. I mean, they were tight too because like it was it was stained, not painted. I mean, he did a great job, but it would like we could he could have just skipped all of that if right. he had that that single saw. So sorry, Jason. Um, yeah, <laughs> let's let's buy him let's buy him an oscillating software. I, I still owe, I, I still owe him I owe him a bunch of beer for for our great little logo. I I kept dropping him off six pack at a time, and I, I still owe him. Uh, so we'll, we'll get some more for you, Jason. Why carpeting? I mean, you don't need to sell carpeting. That's not your job to like convince someone to buy carpeting. But what? Why are people buying it, or what do you think it it offers that that other flooring options don't? Carpeting, I mean itself. I mean, carpeting has been around as I mean for such a long time. People are just used to. It. Majority of the people you know grew up on it, you know, except for what we talked about earlier. The younger crowd is more tending trending towards the hard surface. You know, just uh, I like you know I think the pers- the the warmthness of of the carpet in a room, especially in the northern climates. That was my thought yeah, too. Like, is like warm is is probably yes. the, the reason for carpet, right? You want to be warm. Yep. You don't want the cold. You want it. You, yeah. Yeah. You want that warm feeling when you walk in the room, and literally, it warms up the room in in both appearance and feel. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Well, uh, let's see here. We're going to take a quick break for Phil's phone in and his look beyond the six oh eight. Hey Ben, it's Phil with a view from beyond the 608. Don't fight the Fed. It's an age-old saying on Wall Street. Basically a reminder that when the Federal Reserve Bank and the U.S. government get involved in the economy, they can move the needle. We've definitely seen evidence of this the past couple of months with the COVID-19 crisis. The Fed loudly declared that it was willing to backstop just about any kind of asset in an effort to keep financial markets functioning. Congress and the administration cooperated on a couple of massive stimulus packages that put money directly in American consumers' pockets and helped support employment. The results so far have been impressive. Last week, we saw that payrolls actually expanded in May, confounding the experts who expected a massive decline. The S&P 500 is up 47% off of its March lows and is down only 1% on the year. The NASDAQ is at all-time record highs. Ironically enough, though, this might complicate things in the real estate sector. As markets were spiraling out of control, investors were chasing safe haven assets like U.S. Treasuries. Well, when people are buying Treasuries, interest rates go down. Just a couple of weeks ago, 30-year mortgage rates reached the lowest level since at least the 1970s at 3.18%. But as the economic news has gotten better, investors have been selling Treasuries and getting back in the stocks. Just this past Friday, the yield on 10-year treasuries jumped up by 20 basis points. That probably means mortgage rates are going higher. But on balance, an increase in mortgage rates by a half a percent or a percent is still not bad, especially if the overall economy is functioning better. That's all for now, Ben. This is Phil with a view from beyond the 608. You're listening to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's Real Estate Magazine for your ears. My name is Adam Elliott. He has been Anton. Our in-studio guest has been Brian Boyd with, with Boyd Flooring. Brian, uh, once again, it's been a treat. Thank you so much for joining us here today. Yeah, thanks for having me. We have got one more thing for you, though. One more thing is, for the most part, like how, how would someone 
get in touch with you. Or the person sure. that has the 40-year-old carpet and said, you know what? It's probably time to upgrade and do something. Exactly. How should they find well, you? There's a couple, a couple of ways. You can uh, certainly call me. I can be reached at 608-575-1092. Otherwise, we do have an email, which is boydsflooring at live.com. All right. Well, we will put both of those important bits of information. Now, back to back to my original question. Which one of the brothers will I get if I call that number? Uh, you'd get Brian. Okay. There you go. See, he refers to himself then. In the, the gentleman we are speaking to right now is who you'd get. Then. I had does. Uh, I think I had him in my phone. We'll give a little shout out to Steve Silverberg for oh, for sure. ten years. God knows how many years ago. Livingston, 407 South Livingston, was the first carpet that I got from the Boy Brothers, and I got wow. it, from, and I got it from them because Steve Silverberg said, "These are my carpet guys." Yeah, he's a good guy. We've done a lot of work for him over and the they years, have, and they have apartment grade carpet, <laughs> <laughs> and the names are apartment gray, apartment tan. <laughs> Isn't that what you called? It's like not you literally a lot of excitement there. <laughs> up, well, thank you very much, yeah, Brian, thanks, for Brian. joining us. We will put those. Uh, I will just put your phone number and email address uh, so people can reach out to either Brian by phone or Brett by email. That's like perfect. One if by land, two if by sea. There you go. Thank sure, you very much. Wonderful. Thank you very much for joining us, Brian, and you have a lovely evening. Wonderful. Thanks so much, guys. Bye bye. Thanks, Brian. You're listening to Real Estate in the 608 Madison's Real Estate Magazine for your ears. Our in-studio guest today has been Brian Boyd of Boyd's Flooring. My name is Adam Elliott. He is Ben Anton right across the table from me. Ben, what was that? That was one of the Boyd brothers. <laughs> it's true. It's very true. The what? You know how I was referred to uh, the Seesaw. I'll say, well, she's the one on the left. But Brian, <laughs> I think if I had to pick, I'd put Brian on the right. Okay. Brett on the left. I'm, I'm picturing them now across the U-shaped bar at Brothers 3, which I know is one of their favorite lunch spots. Oh, okay. At least it was until, until it changed. It changed? Yeah. I don't there know. was new owners. We talked about this a while New ago, owners. Yeah. But at, and, that, and now we can't, I can't go. I don't know. You can probably go there. Get, get carry out prime rib maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I think what I learned today is like, I kind of wanted to know the why. Like I, I was kind of poking questions about like, do people still do carpet? You know, why is it this and that and that? And like they do it because it's, it's, it gives a warm feeling to the home. It's nice right? on your tootsies. It's nice on your tootsies. And that makes me wonder if it's like a regional thing. Well, we <laughs> talked earlier a little bit about slab homes. Yeah. You're going to need that carpet and keep your tootsies warm. Exactly. Right. So mm. that's definitely, definitely something. And I would say even like as a broad sweeping uh, generalization that uh, carpeting upstairs is still somewhat acceptable, like carpeting mm-hmm. in the bedrooms. Right. Yeah. Like hardwoods everywhere, tile, but Carpeting in the bedrooms in that soft, warm environment right. is something that I think people still enjoy. So also, if you have like a partner in the bedroom, you don't want to wake them up by clodding around on hardwood floors. Just it's sweet. like a soft landing <laughs> if and, you need to get up in the middle of the night or something. And we learned the better the pad, the softer your landing. Yeah. I think you actually hit something that I found very interesting, too, is that the do-it-yourself. There's not really do-it-yourself carpet people out there that do that. It's mostly professional work that's done. No, well, it's, it's specialty tools and specialty knowledge that yeah. allows them to do it efficiently. I'm going to bring up one thing because we talked a little bit about prep for sale mm-hmm. and they're, they're at Allison's dad's house in Middleton. And But one of the things they've been able to do for me is um, when a carpet gets old, it doesn't always wear out. Like it can still look mm-hmm. good, but it gets loose. Yeah. Have you ever seen okay. a, carpet, yeah. a carpet that it's has got like, a ruffle in it or like something? Like a ruffle in yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. These guys have come and stretched carpet. Like they have these, oh, again, yeah. specialty tools and skills. They've been able to lay down a carpet stretcher, which is like a, he talked about the 12-foot width, but like it's a 12-foot pole with claw. It has like these claws on the ends. Mm-hmm. And they rrr, 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 rrr. And that was a little... Rrr, 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 rrr. It's nice sound effects. Thank you. <laughs> uh, and then it like, it like stretches it and like, and then they retrim the edge. Oh, so like right. The, okay. So it, they lay, it lays flat again and they, they put a fresh... 
fresh line around the edges. You never even know it was there. So you can give carpet new life. Yeah, if, it, if it's not, yeah. if it's just a little loose but not worn out, I've done that a couple times in in, in in an effort to make a home appear fresher and and more ready for market. You know, and that's one of the things here. I, I don't know if this was Brian's specialty, but certainly yours is like bad carpet, a real estate deal killer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I just I just had a listing on the on Grandview Commons, mm-hmm. and those houses are all relatively new. But, Pretty new, yeah. But you know, they're they're not brand new. So right. depending on the kind of use they're getting, they're like five, seven, ten years old, and um, and the carpeting that they put in those is similar to the carpeting uh, that Brian talked about, where it where it's decent, but you don't want to spend a lot, so it's not the best carpeting you can put in and it starts to show its age and um it is certainly something people expect to be like fresh and clean right but uh but you know the stairs are all always gonna be the first place you see it you've got you know a very tight traffic pattern everybody up and down however many million times over the course of 10 years it's gonna show some wear and uh and i and i i almost had brian and brett give me an estimate so that i could i could leave that information available like hey a little acknowledgement here that this carpeting is not perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, so here is how affordable it might be to redo. Mm-hmm. That's something you can you can try to assuage buyer concerns by saying, "I see that it's not as big a deal as you think it might be." Mm-hmm. Um, let's educate you and, and make this less of an issue. Um, but in the, in today's market, um, there is very little that is a deal killer in this market. Gotcha. So okay. Um, so in your experience, nobody's like turned around and walked out and they're like, "Nope." This that carpet year, is filthy. In 2020, <laughs> you could rip the carpet out. No, yeah, right. And leave it bare, bare plywood, <laughs> and put a sign in the yard, and still have multiple offers. Oh, so that's what. Do you need a Do you need to sell a house? Because we can sell your house. My just, house? No. I just, I just got no place for you to live. Then. <laughs> oh, you do. Yeah, that, that's the downside of the 2020 market. Is you can sell your house in a minute, but good luck buying. One. Yeah, I, I don't need that Maple Bluff one that's got and six bathrooms and. Four bedrooms or head whatever. Up, it was. Head out for a bike ride and get tough by the get tired by the time you get to the mailbox. <laughs> Let's remind folks of the newsletter they can check out. The news the newsletter. I'm a little embarrassed. Which is supposed to come out on it's the twenty second. It's supposed to come out on the twenty second. It's called the twenty second twenty second read, a podcast for your eyes. Mm-hmm. It, uh, it takes about twenty seconds to read. Comes out on the twenty second unless. I am in a coronavirus-induced time warp. Time doesn't mean anything, right? Or perhaps I'm traveling in a DeLorean. (laughs) 30 years in the future. I should have traveled three days into the past, uh, and then I could have sent my newsletter on time last month. But that's the first time that's happened in like 15 years. You know what I found entertaining? Somebody called you out on it. (laughs) Like, where's my newsletter? Like, whoever says that? (laughs) I got got an email from from Jeff Kirsch in uh, Palm Springs, California, making sure I was well. He said, said, I wanted to know you were well. I I, I called Lyle to make sure nothing had happened. (laughs) So thank you, Jeff, for your concerns. And thank you, Lyle, for being able to report back on my health. It's got a, it's got a little bit more market update in it. It's got some of the same kind of t- some of the kind of home ownership tips. It's going to have a little recap of the episode, and it's just a great way to mid month check in and uh, and and be a little bit more informed about the market. All right, easy peasy. Let's um, say some thanks uh, again to Brian Boyd of Boyd Flooring, uh, who joined us as our in studio on the phone guest today. And then we'd also like to thank you or thank our, our musician friends at, at Renclaw, El Donk. Bob Westfall. Yep, Seesaw, the Mad City Jug Band. Those, those are the folks you've been hearing little snippets of music. Yeah, we, I, I'm working. I, we mentioned uh, Frank Bush last last mm-hmm. episode, and uh, he told me he told me he's going to send me some music bed to play. So, so uh, you might hear some of that if he gets it over. Otherwise, uh, he is a uh, he's a first time listener, long time caller, or something like that. But uh, but kudos to everybody who's uh, who's who's being artsy and being safe. That's true. Um, yes. And thank you, of course, to our listener. And, uh, you know, a reminder from the top of the show, um, be kind. Yeah. Ask folks who are being affected today if they're doing all right. It's an okay thing to do. It's okay conversation to have. We're, we're all here learning. That's right. And, uh, and there's a lot more to learn about than just, uh, just real estate. Thank you, Ben. Thank you, Adam. Thank you for listening to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's real estate magazine for your ears. 
Real Estate in the 608 is a podcast for homeowners, home buyers, landlords, tenants, people who just want to be better at living in a home. If you can't get enough Real Estate in the 608 between episodes, like us on Facebook at In the 608 or visit inthe608.com for archived episodes and show notes. Remember, until you tell us, we don't know. We appreciate your listening, as well as your ratings and reviews at your favorite podcast portal. We also welcome feedback and topic suggestions via emails to ben at benanton.com. Come on, baby, won't you hold me tighter than your fist curled up in a schoolyard fight? I'll be a backup when you're calling my name. And come on, baby, won't you keep me safer than that high score on that pinball game you're always playing at your favorite arcade? Could be taking the and we could be record breaking. Come on, baby, won't you buy me flowers with that money spent on whiskey sours that you're buying at those wasted hours? And come on, baby, won't you talk me sweet? Instead, I'm staring at this empty seat because you got someone else you'd rather be. And we could be. So I'm singing you